Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Today I'm going to be carrying on on the First Things First series of what we've been doing, um, going along with the, the spiritual disciplines and, and kind of going along what Ruth was speaking about last week with meditation. And today I want to speak on, on solitude and, and time away with the Lord. So, you know, what, what I want to clarify here when I speak about solitude, this isn't just time in silence, but this is time with Jesus. And, and without Jesus, it, there is no fruit in it. So I want, to, I want to just show you some passages in the Bible that speak on this and then just talk maybe practically about some things of what we can do to, to prioritize and, and understand the true blessing there is to spending time with Jesus and prioritizing that. So, if you'd go to, if we go to Luke 10, um, we're going to go to the end of Luke 10, so this is verses 38 to 42. Um, sorry, I've got no PowerPoint, no, no fancy things on the screen, so you're just going to you have to read it for yourself. Um, so it says here in Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, this is a story of, of Mary and Martha and Jesus. It's quite a, a famous passage, probably well known by all of you, but I just encourage just to read it and really take it in, not just to gloss over it. So it says here, verse 38, Now it happened, as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You know, I think in this passage is a really clear picture of what um, solitude is and time with the Lord is. You see where Mary, it says there in um, verse 39, that she was sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his word. You know, we can, we can take time in the morning. We could, you know, have time in silence or, or reading a devotional. But if it isn't about Jesus, then there is no life in it. You know, Jesus even said to the Pharisees, he says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but you will not come to me that I may give you life. It's not just reading the word, but it's reading Jesus and seeing Jesus in the word. It says in John 1 that he was the word made flesh. He was the living word. And it's that we need Jesus in our, in our, time, in our time in silence or our time you know, with God, but it's got to be focusing on Jesus. And this is what Mary was doing here. It's time to get away from everything else, from all the distractions, from everything that's pulling away at us or trying to tempt us and, and be with Jesus and receive from him. I think another thing you see here with Martha is you see that busyness can cloud or it can distort our view and our relationship with God. You see, you know, being busy isn't an issue in itself. Having things going on in your life, man, I've got a baby, it's like 100 mile an hour at the moment. It, having things going on isn't the issue. The issue is when that 
starts taking priority in, and in a sense that becomes an idol, where you exalt that over time with the Lord. If that, if that then starts pulling away at you, if that then starts taking center stage, that's when it becomes a problem. Having, having things to do isn't the problem. It's, it's where Jesus fits in with that, if Jesus isn't at the top of that. And here you see that Martha has invited Jesus into the house. Jesus is in her house, but then she's got all these other things that's got going on. And, you know, even in a practical way, I mean, just speaking of myself personally, there are times where I just know, like, you know, like even social media and stuff, like, you just go on it and you just feel like you're on it, on it, on it. And there are times where I just have to delete it and just, like, get away for, like, a few months because it's just, like, it's pulling away. And there are just things that I know there are things in your life, my life. There, there are things that we can't change. There are like absolutes, right? But then there are some things when it's our free time or, or things that are negotiable that we know are pulling us away from Jesus. And I think it takes real wisdom and discernment to know when to, when to rein that in, when to pull back on that and say, no, Jesus, I'm choosing you. Like Mary did, you know, it's both their house. They're, they're both living in the same house, but one has chosen to, to focus on Jesus. You see here, even in this busyness, that it causes, it causes Martha to have a different view of Jesus. And, then, and you see that here when she says to him, Lord, do you not care? And it's amazing to me, that statement is, is crazy to me, because you've got Jesus, who is the Son of God, who lives in heaven, who's then left heaven to become the Son of Man, born as a baby, grows up, walks among us, is sitting in our house, eating her lunch, and she says, Lord, do you not care? It's like, what else does God need to do? What, how much further does God need to travel to be with you? And then you, your assumption leads to, Lord, do you not care? And Jesus is sitting right there in our house. It's amazing how when we, can get, when we start prioritizing other things, we've got things going on, it sort of distorts how we view God. It changes our perception of him. Even though he never changes, our view of him changes, and then we assume different things. We think he's not there when he says, I'm always with you, I never leave you nor forsake you. We think that he doesn't care or he's punishing you when, in fact, his, his love never changes. His, his heart, his, his goodness, he's always good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. You know, and then you see here, she, she then goes to the next step. She then starts commanding Jesus. She says, tell her to come help me. And this can happen as well. We start distancing ourselves from Jesus and our prayer life starts to become telling God what to do on our behalf, to, to give him a command. And we start missing what the relationship is here. We start, we start interchanging the roles where all of a sudden we think we, can, we need to tell God what to do because we've distanced ourselves from him. We've assumed something different. We start ordering God around when that, that's never been the case. You know, there are times where we take God's word and we declare it over our situation and times where we stand and we believe in what he said and we proclaim that. But there's, there's also a time of where we submit and we, we listen to him and not to order him around. And here you see Martha, she's got so worked up. She's first of all assumed something different of the Lord and now she's telling Jesus what to do. You know, sometimes I think, and then we have the, the phrase here, what Jesus was saying, and he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Sometimes I think this kind of speaks of, I know sometimes where you're having an argument with someone or you're having a disagreement, and then like you're going through the convo in your head, right? You're in the shower, you're thinking of like all the points you're going to make. You're thinking, man, if I go this, 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 there's no comeback for that. It's like checkmate, right? I've, I've won it, right? 
And then, and then Jesus comes back to Martha with a totally different answer, right? Totally blows whatever she was thinking out of the water. And he says that you're worried and troubled about many things. You know, there's a side point here, but there's, there's times in our life where we get worried and burdened about things that God never asked us to be burdened with. We sometimes assume things and take it on ourselves that Jesus never asked us to take, and then we get burnt out by those things and say, God, what's going on? But God never asked you to pick that up. And again here, Martha is assuming that she has to do these things when Jesus never asked her to. He said, come and be with me like Mary's been. And then he says this one phrase that always sticks out to me, where he says, but one thing is needed, and that Mary's chosen that good part, and that, will never, that shall not be taken away from her. You know, God is, never, God is never done or had enough of you when you're spending time with him. He's never, you never feel him asking you to leave or, or to go. He's saying, I'll never take that away from you. The, the thing that Mary is doing, being with me, I will never pull her away from that. I'm never going to ask her to leave. And at the same time, it is the one thing that's needed. There are, there are loads of things, but there's one thing that is needed and essential in our lives. And that is Jesus, and that is time with the Lord. And that is what we need. That's what we need today. That's what we need in our everyday lives. That's, that's the necessity. And that's what I speak about in this solitude, that this time away, it's time with Jesus. It's not, just, it's not just a time of silence or a time of just taking a breather. It's a time of being with Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that can give us rest. Jesus is our rest. You know, and, and one thing I remember that always blew my mind was the fact that we can be with Jesus whenever we want. That we can spend time with Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Shepherd, whenever we want. It is, he is always available. He's always knocking at the door of our hearts. He's always there. He never leaves us. And we can have him whenever we want. But he never puts us on hold. You know, if you want to go, I want to read one more passage. It's going to be in Matthew 11. It's again, it's another well-known passage. It's, um, let's see here. I'm going to go, let's go from verse 25. So we're going to go from verses 25 to 30. In Matthew 11. And this is kind of the, the last passage that I want to go through. It says here, Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him that we can only know God through Jesus and it's Jesus that opens that up for us who tore the veil verse 28 come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, as a side point in this, this is the only time in the Gospels where Jesus describes himself as, a, as a, his personality, his character. 
when he says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart, it's the only time you'll ever find Jesus depicting himself. And this phrase that sticks out, come to me and I will give you rest. In this, Jesus is our rest. Jesus is our refuge. He is, you know, it says that the name of the Lord is our strong tower and the righteous run to it and they are safe. That the Lord Jesus, he himself is our rest. And here it talks about the, it says here in verse 29, it says, you will find rest for your soul. See, this is the difference between time spent with Jesus and then just time relaxing or going on a holiday where it's just restful, maybe your body, or you just get a breather or you get a good night's sleep for once. Or, I mean, that's, that's for me right now, a good night's sleep. Hannah is like, amen to that, like a good night's sleep. But like, it, it's a different thing. Time, this is rest for your soul. This is unlike any other rest. You know, we, Hannah and I, we went on a, a long weekend to Scotland re- recently with Micah, and it was the first time I've come back from a holiday like, more tired than when I went. So I needed, I needed a holiday to recover from the holiday. It was like, like 100 miles an hour. But this is different. This, this is when time is spent with Jesus, it is a refreshing of your soul. This is, this is kind of the makeup of who you are on this earth, that we are a spirit but in terms of letting God transform our souls to become more like him. And this time of the soul, this is a true refreshing of, of what makes us us in, here on earth, our personality, how we react, our thinking, our consciousness. And this is what Jesus invites us in, is to, for a true, deep rest. And you see here, again, it says, "Learn from, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. That one of the things about having time with Jesus is that you learn from him and you, and you become more like him. You know, this is one of the one of the, the high calls of the Christian life, it talks about it in Romans 8, but it says, like, whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. That God wants us to be conformed and molded and become more and more like Jesus. And here Jesus says, when you come to me, when you come to me as your rest, as your solitude, as your time with me and nothing else, then you can learn from me. Then you can take my yoke. I will take everything you've got. I'll take all your burdens, but now you can take on what I have for you. You can take the burdens that I carry. You can become more like me. You can learn and walk the walk I walk. And you can be like Jesus more and more when you spend time with him. It is an, it is an invitation. You know, God, Jesus doesn't just force this upon anyone. This is an invitation that he has for every single person in this room to be with him and to become more like him. It's where the Spirit of God, it's where the Spirit of Jesus that lives in us is able to mold us, is able to transform us and conform us to be more and more like him, more and more like what we're destined to be one day in heaven. It is to be more like Jesus. You know, Jesus, like I was saying, Jesus is our rest. He is our refuge. You can't have a true time of refreshing without the living water that is Jesus. And it says he is our living water. It says in the Lord's Prayer, he is our daily bread. This is a, a continual refreshing and nourishing from the Lord himself, that Jesus opens himself out and, and invites us into time with him whenever we want. And it is the great invitation. It, it is the call of the Christian life is to spend time with him. You know, there are people that will say that the Christian life is, is all about the harvest. But who is, who is the harvest unto? 
if you're, if you're, okay, if you're saving souls, if you're going out for the lost, but who is it for? You know, they'll say, oh, no, it's about, it's about our calling. It's about the anointing. But who calls you? Who anoints you? It's Jesus. If it isn't about Jesus, what is it about? And here is, is the, having this in place, having a, a daily consecration, a daily prioritization of Jesus, make sure that there is never another idol that props up. Making sure that it's never a thing where it becomes more about you and your calling or, or you and or this or that than it does about Jesus. It makes sure that he takes center stage and then he's able to use you. He's able to use you in ways that are so much better than anything we could do. That's why it says it's, you know, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. It's by his spirit, it's not by what I can conjure up or I can manipulate or I can work out by myself. And Jesus is the true rest for our soul. He is the one, even in the situation, you may be experiencing things that no one else in this room could even understand. It's so deep and complex. But Jesus comes to give you rest for your soul. You know, and that doesn't have to be a rest that's dependent on your circumstances. It doesn't have to be a rest by making everything else around you okay. It is an inner rest. It is an inner rest. It's the peace that Jesus found even when he was being hung on a cross, and he said, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're doing. Even in the midst of having everyone turn their back on him, and all the sin of the world, and even God turning his back on him, you can have that inner peace. You can have that inner peace, the same peace that Jesus had by the Holy Spirit, we can have, and we can walk in every single day of our lives. It is available to everyone. You know, I know there's, especially in this generation now, there's so many struggles with with mental health, and it's such a I think part of it is obviously just an understanding more of what's going on, but then also there are all these different things and things that kids are growing up with and things you're exposed to today that's just crazy compared to like even when I was growing up and, and before me. But you know, Isaiah 26.3 gives, gives such a key and it says, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. That Jesus said, I will give you perfect peace when your mind is stayed upon me. If you keep your mind on me, I will give you that perfect peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding, that peace that surpasses anything you're going through, anything you're walking in, anyone else that's around you, or or things that are going on, I will give you a peace that surpasses all of it. And it is a perfect peace. But it comes from our mind being stayed on the Lord. That is a verse of cooperation. It is a working with the Lord so you can receive all he has for us. And when we make Jesus our refuge, when we make Jesus our solitude and our time away, we're able to live and walk out in that peace that Jesus has. You know, I think in terms of how we do this, you know, I'm sure there's loads of stuff and there are loads of amazing things you can do, but I think you can keep it really simple. I try and keep it so simple, just obviously times of worship, times of prayer, but there's also just a time of absolute stillness and quiet. Absolute stillness and quiet and just sometimes I'll just close my eyes and I'll just say in my heart, I'll just say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me and you are, you are waiting for me. Thank you that you are here right now. And it's just focusing our minds and our hearts on the Lord. Just making sure that Jesus is our focus. And there are times where, man, I'll get like distracted in thought and then it's like 10 minutes down the line, I'm like, man, I've just like zoned out and I've done like a million different things in my head. But instead of like getting bogged down by that. It's just turning our affection back to Jesus. 
is just forgetting that and going, Jesus, I come back to you. You know, there was a, an amazing woman of God, and she said that men are silent for two reasons. One, either they have nothing to say, or two, they have too much to say. Sometimes there are times where you, you might be like, I don't, I don't know what to say to God. I've got nothing, I've got nothing to say. But there's sometimes it's like, there is so much going on, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know what to even start with. There is about, there's about ten different things going on in my life right now. And sometimes that is just, what you just need then is just to be totally quiet. And in total silence, you discover two things, I think. First of all, you hear from the Lord. You are able to truly, you become aware and sensitive to what he's doing and what he's saying and he's working in and around you. But second of all, it also, for me, is when you're silent, it gives a true indication to, to what's happening in your soul, the state of your soul. You know, Jesus here was saying that I will give you rest for your soul when you come to me. And there is nothing worse on this life that if you do not have rest and peace in your soul. It is like the, the most costly thing. You see in the, in the story of Abraham and Lot, Abraham says to Lot, you know, all of this land, we need to separate. All of this land, whatever you want, you choose that part, I'll go live in the other part. Lot then goes, I'll go to Sodom and Gomorrah. It was the... It was the most beautiful land, the most abundant land, the richest land. And he goes to live there, and it says in, in Peter, when it's recounting the story, it says that his soul was vexed. It was tormented day and night because he was in that area. Because he was surrounded by that. He was tormented day and night. Even though there was riches and abundance around him, nothing is worth the peace of your soul. You know, there are times where... There are like, it talks about in the Bible, the passing pleasures of sin. There will be things that are just so tempting in the moment, but it just, the thing that tempts you, then it turns around and bites you, and then in the end, it just, you lose that peace in your soul. And you need to come back to Jesus on that. But there is nothing that is more important than the peace and the stillness of your soul when you know I am reconciled to the Lord or I have no condemnation, no guilt, no, nothing eating away at me. There is total peace, and that is a peace that Jesus offers. As that is the rest of the soul that goes beyond just the body, goes beyond just a, a relaxation or a detox. That is a, a true rest that comes from the Lord. You know, and when I speak about this time of the Lord, when I speak about spending time, and I, I mean spending, prioritizing it, you know, I, we've had a baby, I know people here have had new babies, man, you're up so much earlier, but there are things, it, it becomes costly. You know, for, the, for when I had a kid, right, I was like, man, what did I do with all my free time before? Like, actually, what did I do? Because I feel like it's just gone. It just vanished. I was like, I just wasted my time. But then you, it, just becomes, it just becomes like, what is your priority? It's like, you know, do you, do you wake up that bit earlier to spend time with Jesus? Do you forsake those, those, sometimes those evenings where you're doing other things? You go, no, I need to be with Jesus. I need to spend time with Jesus. You know, this is a, this is a high call, and this is the, the rich and abundant life that he has for us. But it has to come from our cooperation with him. It has to come from us choosing to seek him. And, you know, I remember there's, I know there's people who have come up, and, and even in my life, where they come and give amazing testimonies, where, like, they spent half an hour with Jesus, and it's, like, visions on the wall, and it's paintings, and it's crazy stuff. And then I go, and I'll spend time with Jesus, right? And I've got that expectation, like, I've got... Man, I've got half an hour here, I've got an hour, whatever. And then you don't get that, then you're disappointed, right? And, you're like, and then it kind of, you kind of draw back from spending time with the Lord because you're like, oh man, but they had that, I didn't have anything. And it's like, 
Can't you feel like it's wasted time, but it's never wasted time with Jesus. You know, it says in Hebrews that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, I'm not here today to say you go home and you spend 30 minutes with the Lord and you will have the greatest encounter of your life. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you persistently and diligently seek him, you will meet with him. He will conform you and transform you and show you things that you could never have come up with, that you could never have tried to work out or articulate, that the Lord himself will speak into the depths of your heart when you diligently seek him, when you diligently pursue him and you long to spend time with him and you put him before everything else. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.